Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm very interested to talk about this film. Me too. Yeah. It's been... It's been quite a while waiting for this one. We have done every single Thor film. So if you guys are interested in hearing what we have to say about the other ones, go, go, yes. go, go, listen to them. Go, listen to this. Go. But yes, Thor Love and Thunder, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Uh, let me, let me quickly get the plot now. I'll just put some elevator music. Just play Sweet Child of Mine. That's what the film does. Sweet just play Child! every two sets it felt like just all that that song is just ingrained in my brain now oh my god okay so thor embarks on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced a quest for inner peace however his retirement gets interrupted by gore the god butcher a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of gods. Ooh, well, Ooh. well, well, well. Spoilers from this point. So if you haven't seen it, go and see it. What did you think? It's a strange movie, this. <laughs> it's definitely a strange movie. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't like. Did this feel like a comedy movie to you? Like, it's Taika, Wittiti, you know, and Thor Ragnarok is supposed to be like a comedy. This one, I just didn't laugh at anything. <laughs> No, I agree. I didn't. I, the only thing I laughed at is, you know, when they are in like the God place and there's just like a yes. little head with feet. Oh, oh, that. That genuinely, uh. I like that. Like, but no, I think this is less of a comedy than Ragnarok is. I liked this more than Ragnarok for the simple reason that they let it have emotion. Ah, uh, yes. There's a lot of interesting things that i glad they brought into, like James Foster's whole story into this thing. Like, yes. I was so happy with, oh no, how are they going to set up with the Mighty Thor character for Jane and this whole arc? And they actually done it from the comics. They actually brought in the Mighty Thor idea that she gets sick and then she finds out that she has stage four cancer. And it's really heartbreaking and it's really emotional for this film because, you know, in the Thor films, it's very different in the past three films. It's a very weird relationship. But then in this one, it's more powerful, you know, exploring more Jane and Thor into this one and how she feels that she has these powers and how she's going to use them she wants to be alive and then be with Thor and it's quite emotional yeah I read the entire Mighty Thor run literally finished it last night to prepare for this film and I oh, was so, I was so ready because I haven't heard anything about her cancer in the marketing or in any interviews or anything like that and I was so prepared just to be sitting here and be saying they really betrayed the character and the Mighty Thor in the comics is one of my absolute favorites from beginning to end I love it so much, but you know what? They actually did it really well. And I'm really, really happy that they genuinely brought it. I was expecting them to completely undercut the emotions and the difficulty that she has in being this hero, but they did it so well. And I think her character is probably my favorite aspect of the film. It's her and Gore, the God Butcher, who are my two favorites. I mean, yeah, what did you think Mm -hmm. of Gore? Oh, Gore. What a really phenomenal character. Like, it was different in, you know, what we see in the other villains. But this one was really interesting. Like, Christian Bale did really well as Gore. Mm, yeah, great, great was, performance. I love the introduction at the start. You know, like, he was praising what other gods were. But he was yeah. praising this god. And he found out that he was just worthless to this god. And then this led to this arc, like, killing the gods. How gods see their 
worshippers as nothing to them. They're just like powerful gods. They're just arrogant and like Zeus in the film. That was an interesting startup for Gore in this film. Yeah, the, the film the film does have this kind of theme. It's kind of there. I mean, we'll talk about this a bit later, but I do think that in both this and Ragnarok, the themes of the film, the character arcs, they're not very well-defined. Taika Waititi yeah. is somebody who I don't think his MCU films really have too much to say. But I, what I did like is that there is this attempt at a theme of what does it mean to be a god? What is a god? You know, like this kind of never meet your heroes. One of the things that I loved about the film, the whole film, we have these kids who've been kidnapped and we got Thor, the mighty Thor, Valkyrie and Korg who are going to save them. And when Thor eventually gets them and frees them, he bestows them all with his power briefly. And he inspires these kids. And genuinely, I thought that was amazing. So often comic book films forget to show the heroes inspiring people and inspiring children as well. Like first and foremost, comic books and these heroes are moral messages for children. And it was so, so heartwarming to see them like all, you know, come together and be inspired to fight by Thor. Mm. It, I, I thought that was awesome. I agree. That bit leading up to the fight between Gore and Thor Go on with tour. That sounds like a song. And That's actually the the next MCU buddy cop TV show. Goran Thor coming this fall. Goran Thor. Plus. Yeah, we don't actually get to see a lot of moments in the MCU. What's well, quite rare to see heroes like trying to inspire people to become the hero of the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we kind of have at the beginning. Thor makes this speech and he's like, oh, we're going to save the day and we're going to work as a team. And then he does it all himself. And the whole point, and obviously it's a very much like Superman and Justice League where he just comes in and saves the day. Whereas at the end, he gives a similar speech and it, and it actually results in him working with the kids and with the mighty Thor and they all play a role. But again, I think my big problem with this film is it has amazing moments, but how we get to these moments are just a bit flat. I feel like the film doesn't really know, you know, where it's taking the characters throughout. There's a lot of characters that are involved in the film and it's quite hard to balance a lot of things like Valkyrie, Korg and the other characters as well. It's all jumbled all together. Like you don't see this arc in these characters like Valkyrie. At the beginning, she, I don't know what the arc was. I was a bit lost in all the characters but i think korg was just there yeah korg and valkyrie they didn't really do anything like i think the, all the thor films apart from maybe the first one have this problem where the the side characters you know they don't really do anything like this film continually kind of wastes you know apart from i would say thor the mighty thor and gore beautiful rhyming right there but like apart from them the other characters, they don't really do much. For example, they bring back Sif in this film and she gets two scenes and that's it. And the final one isn't even really a scene. It's just like a shot at the end. I actually thought at the beginning when they showed her like lying on the ground, like, oh God, they're going to kill us. Like what they did with the Warriors 3 yeah. in Thor Ragnarok. But no, she survives. I'd like to see them. Do, I mean, she's wearing her comic book outfit, which is cool. I'd like to see them do more with her. So hopefully they do something. I mean, like in, in Comic-Con 2019, they asked Tessa Thompson. They were like, oh, what's what is Valkyrie's story going to be in this film? And she says, well, Valkyrie is now King Valkyrie. So obviously the king has to find her queen. That doesn't happen at all. Valkyrie oh, does not yeah. have. I remember yeah. that. Remember that? Oh, doesn't man. happen. 
This film isn't, dare I say, this film isn't gay enough. Make it more gay, goddammit. Like, <laughs> Make are, it gay, goddammit. Oh my God. There are, more, there are scenes where like people will talk about boyfriends and girlfriends and Korg has a boyfriend at the end. But again, it feels Wait, like these oh. small moments they can edit out, you know, that, that are very easy to miss. Once again, Disney, just go for it. Like, please. Like, I think that that'd be so good. Point being is that Valkyrie didn't do anything in this film. And if you are going to show Valkyrie getting her queen, could be Sif. That could be fun. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But yeah. no, this is Marvel. This is Marvel. We're all heterosexual here. <laughs> Make it gay, goddammit. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that kind of feels like they don't really bother with. Like this film, it's just revealed Heimdall has a kid. He's had a kid this whole time. Yeah, we that did, was... I, like wh- <laughs> okay. Like how does how does the kid feel about his dad dying? How does he feel about any of that? We don't know. We, they oh don't my God. bother with any of that. I was about to jump out of my seat, but since when did he have a kid? I, I, I was just <laughs> like, why would you put in some information that wasn't really relevant in the film side? I was like, I'm pretty sure that he didn't have a kid. And I was just like, am I losing touch with the MCU? Am I losing reality? Am I, I don't know where the information came up. No, it was just random. I don't know. I don't know why they've done that. Oh, the CGI. Sometimes it really works. And I think that a lot of the backgrounds and a lot of the settings look really cool. But other than that, I mean, come on. Some of the CGI helmets, dude, it was it it didn't look good. Some of the CGI recreations no. in, in action sequences. The goats, <laughs> I can't I hated the goats, man. They they the introduced kid. they introduced Thor's two goats from the comics. And <laughs> they, yeah, they spent the whole time doing the the screaming goat meme, just the whole time, just ah! and it was oh, it was so annoying. It's like I just don't even like. It's a strange attempt at comedy. Yeah, which is a shame because and... this the emotional moments of this film are the best. And unlike Ragnarok, the emotional moments aren't undercut continuously by jokes, but the jokes are still there and are still just not funny. I knew this, the CGI wasn't going to be that amazing. So, you know when Gore meets the first god? Yes. Yeah. Once you see the first god, the CGI was just, oh my god. Like, it just had the face of this actor, and then the body was just whole. Yeah. It looked like it. they just pasted the face onto, like, yeah, that's, that's performance. You know what I mean? And then yeah. there was some weird moments. Blink, or you miss it. When the goats are in the uh, Guardians, oh, I don't know what the ship called um, uh, the, the, the benatar the benatar yes and then thor is like sitting on the left side of the screen and then once the goats just moved thor just glitched i'm not even oh, kidding. really he glitched like oh my god he just went to it like a different pose like there was like no cuts or anything it was just there like you would just see like an error on not not an error you don't see like an error but like he just glitched and that's it and that was really bothering me. oh okay the, the cgi yeah interesting yeah there are so many times when and even the filmmaking like this 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 film i'm pretty sure based off the credits i'll have a look now but i'm pretty sure it's the same cinematographer as mandalorian season one which as we know is a really 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 well shot season of tv yeah so um is the same as mandalorian and that has some really really cool shots and in this there were a couple of cool shots but nothing was like all the conversations are are done in the same boring shot reverse shot there's nothing interesting in there they're not they don't intercut with different perspectives it's the same problem the mcu's been having for so long and i mean obviously we just had multiverse of madness which is sam raimi doing something different and amazing but this it, it was it was flat 
and and bland in, in the conversations people were having. I think every week we talk about the score. You know, every time we talk about the Thor score, we get more and more like disappointed that the scores went from the first film down to just kind of unrecognizable. This score was done by Michael Giacchino. I was so surprised when I looked at the credits. I thought, like, okay, who's it, who's it going to be? Michael Giacchino. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Um, well, how did he, how did he do such a good score for the Batman? And then this, which is like just really boring. And again, I, they should like bring back Patrick Doyle, who I think was a much better composer for the first Thor. Yeah. And another thing that really annoyed me was there was so many, so many copyrighted songs. Like you got Guns N' Roses, Sweet, Sweet Child of Mine. That was played twice. That was, that played, was twice. played twice. I, th- I think they play Welcome to the Jungle at the beginning. Oh God, they played Enya at the beginning. Oh, they did. It's so it... strange. Why would you put Enya at the beginning? <laughs> they played Our Last Summer as well during the montage of Thor and Jane when they're a couple going from being a couple to breaking up. They play Our Last Summer, ABBA. And it's like, it's like oh these are God. great songs, but why are they here? <laughs> like they have little to no thematic relevance. You know, they're not used as well. Like, you know, we've said it before. It needs to be more than just dropping songs for the sake of it. I just don't know if it really fits what they're going like lyrics for here. Or the theme of it, like the theme of the song or anything to it that sticks to the whole film, basically. Like what Guardians did for the mixtape or like songs that really fit. Like you don't want to be like Suicide Squad film. Not that su- not that they're Suicide Squad. 2016 Suicide, Suicide Squad. Yes, that one, you don't want to be like that. Marvel does this a lot. Like, they did it last week with Miss Marvel as well. They just started playing Living on a Prayer for no reason. And it's like, I think that the films would be a lot more powerful if they were giving some genuinely good orchestral scores. But like, it it is disappointing. And I, I do think that the action scenes do fall flat because of it. And also, why do we have another stupid army of CGI creatures instead of just fighting gore? Like the, the, the fight scenes of gore are actually really cool. But other than that, it's just fighting more CGI creatures. Like why? Shadow creatures. Yes. Something yes. like that. Just weird yeah, shadow dimension like beings. Oh it's so messy. Like, oh yeah, we have to fight shadowy creatures. And it's, it's so messy on screen. You just don't know what you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, but then like you contrast that with the scenes in the shadow dimension. Really, really well done with the black and white. Yeah, you know, contrasting with the lightning, that was all so cool. And you think about when Thor's fighting Gore in that and also at the end, it looks semi, it looks pretty decent. Whereas every other yeah. scene just looks like people are just fighting the air and they've then and then they've then pasted in these different creatures. Like I think it's so much more powerful when they actually have scenes of people fighting each other. But at the same time. I think the costuming and the prosthetics are still really good. Like in the scene with all the gods, there's so many fun creatures. As I said, the the little bow, the head, the bow the, thing, the the bow, absolutely, the bow dumpling. The, there's like the head with the the feet, just various things. And you know what? Russell Crowe was having a good time as as, as Zeus. He he had a lot of fun with that. And I, I really liked when they were fighting the guards, and all the guards were bleeding gold. Yes, there was a lot of colors, like a lot of visual flair that was different. Like the moment yeah. where Jane and Thor on the boat and they see like dolphins. I don't know why they were dolphins. Like dolphins hey, in the space, space uh, dolphins. Why not? Space dolphins. I mean, why you got goats, like screaming goats. 
I wasn't in a very full cinema, but I, I don't think anyone was laughing. Um, uh, mine was kind of full. Like, no one literally laughed. Uh, I heard nothing. Yeah, it all feels very forced. I mean, the Guardians are in this at the beginning. Yes. And they're, and they're, they're, they're normally like pretty funny but they weren't here but this is a similar thing to what they did in ragnarok in ragnarok they spend the opening 20 minutes and like getting the plot to where taika wants it to be so in ragnarok they get rid of the whole loki and odin odin thing and they just kind of you know tie up loose ends from the end of the dark world and age of ultron and in this one they do a similar thing they just get rid of the guardians immediately so they can so they can kind of go and continue the story and obviously they shouldn't force taika to you know work with the guardians if he doesn't want to but there was no point in them being there at all it felt definitely forced in this film everything with the mighty thor was really good like the scene where she is in the bathroom and she sees her mum, who who also yeah. died of cancer. Like, that's yeah. straight from the comics. I literally read that scene yesterday. That was really powerful. All the stuff with her was so, so great. Like, seeing her kind of, like, when she collapses after they escape the Shadow Realm. And then Thor takes her to the hospital. And her decision to, to go back to the fight, again straight from the comics. In the comics, there is a scene where she's in hospital and Mjolnir comes through the window and, you know, like, it's, like, the final time. And genuinely, this film does the ending of the Mighty Thor story better than the comics, in my opinion. That's very high praise. In the comics, she dies, similar to how she does in the film, in, in a blaze of glory, and then they bring her back to life. And she's not the Mighty Thor anymore, but she undergoes chemo, and that's that. But in the film, I, I liked it more that she died. I thought that was genuine. That whole final moment, you know, where Gore decides to bring back his daughter and he, he speaks to Eternity, that was very cool. And Thor says goodbye to Jane. No comedy, just emotion. And I thought that it was fairly good emotion as well. Yeah, I agree with the, a lot of emotion. Like Thor has lost a lot of things, family, friends in his time. And then he lost the woman that he loved. And that was very emotional, that scene. So, yeah. Oh, another thing that I have to nitpick again was, you know, at the beginning when Korg. Oh, yeah. I thought Korg was going to die, but he didn't. He just. Oh, my God. They, they do a fake out death with Korg. And they almost do the same with Valkyrie as well when she gets stabbed by Gore. It's like, oh, stop, no, stop doing oh, that. No, she's alive. Yeah, exactly. It's like. What's the point of doing that? Like, the there are other there are other ways of making emotional stakes other than just doing fake out deaths. Like, what are you, the Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> Don't mention that film, please. Um, I'm sorry. At the beginning, when Korg was like, "What's the point of time?" There was a space Viking, and then I don't know if it meant to be like comical, but it's just so weird. Like when he was like, "Oh, that guy died. Oh, that guy died." It was yeah. kind of making fun of like what Thor just went through. Like basically, just losing Loki, Heimdall, his parents, like everyone, and like, bro, you just went a lot of things. And then I felt like Tiger just went, "Oh, I'll I'll be Korg again." in this film just yeah like, no i was like, when they faked out killing Korg, i was like yes oh my god Korg's dead <laughs> finally and then they brought him back and i was like no i was like oh god, damn they, it they're doing it they're doing it they're actually doing yeah. it no no they're not no. but like yeah no that beginning was so infuriating because once again they completely disregarded the warriors three and so much of like the plot oh yeah the first two films and it's like why and this film has a tendency to explain what Thor is feeling instead of showing it. Like Thor, so often when they, yeah, they'll just say that, ah, Thor, you must feel really sad. And it's like, yeah, I can see that. Like, stop telling me that. Think about the narration in the Batman 
right? What does that narration tell us? It tells us, it, like, just in, just in the way that it frames it, it tells us about, I mean, that was a brilliant impression, but uh, it shows us about Bruce's, like, state of mind. It shows us, like, what, like, about his crusade, and it perfectly frames uh-huh. the narrative around this oh, Batman and this person we're about to see. But the narration in this is nothing but exposition. There's no narration. It's nothing, it's nothing but, a, but a, a recap. The narration doesn't do anything. Like maybe if it was Thor telling the story, there would be a bit more emotion to it. Think about what the Spider-Man narration does. In the first film, Peter Parker frames the story as a sad one. And at the end, you know, he remarks that him being Spider-Man is a gift and a curse and his responsibility. Like, it's so much better than this, which I mean, like, they just have the narration there just so they can say love and thunder at the end. (laughs) The most pointless scene I absolutely hated in this film. They decided to do the same joke from Thor Ragnarok, where they recap everything oh in my Thor God. Ragnarok. They get Matt Damon and yeah. they get this whole performance on like, oh no, Loki's dead. They did the same thing again for <laughs> Melissa, what's his name? Melissa uh, McCarthy. Yeah. and Oh no, like, it was so worse. It was so much worse. Why? What's the point? We we know what happened. This happened years ago. And is this supposed to be like one singular story? Like a lot happened for Thor. Like we could have explored like how he felt like fighting Thanos or anything in that scene. And like the aftermath, like, you know, how he's going to get fit and like finding peace. There was no peace. He could not find peace. This oh, nothing. my God. It should be called Thor, Love and Thunder <laughs> and Peace. Why is there peace? <laughs> Literally, the tr- the tra- okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm loving your enthusiasm here, but that literally the trailer was like, oh yeah, Thor is going to find peace. Even the beginning of this film is like Thor needs to find his inner peace. And the, 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 the synopsis that you read out at the beginning of the episode, it's about peace. They don't, they don't do that. They just not like Thor. Thor's arc is that he gets a child at the end. What? Why? I Why don't know. Child, like, is it eternity? Is it? I guess so. Like, eternity has become this child. Like, I don't really know what it's trying to do, but sure, sure, I guess. Like, um, it was fairly cute. I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was yeah, like yeah. there's so much this film which felt pointless. Like the whole scene where they go to the gods, pointless. What does it add to the narrative, to the plot, to the characters? Nothing. They go there so they can get a lightning bolt, which they don't actually need. Like Ugh, that lightning bolt, all, like it's all, it's all pointless, and not in a thematically pointless way. You know, I think about the Last Jedi. A lot of this, a lot of the side quests are pointless, but there's a thematic reason for that, whether or not it works. This one, there's no reason for it. The only reason they're there is to set up Hercules. But why do we need that? Like, if you're gonna set up Hercules, oh, wait, wait do that it was well. Hercules. That was yeah, Hercules. At the end. At the, at I the, didn't even hear what he said because I didn't know what was the accent. For what's a crow? I think he's doing like a Greek accent. I don't know. I, I thought I, I was thinking that too. I was like, is that a Greek accent? I just I just couldn't tell. I didn't hear what he was saying. Like I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> sit on. Yeah, um, I mean, like yeah. So that's Hercules at the end. So obviously they're doing Hercules now. I, I did not. Oh my god! Wow. Oh Woo-hoo. my god! Imagine imagine they introduce like other gods in the film, like like Greek mythology, I mean, like the god of I war. Mean, I, Hades. Oh, imagine they brought in like Ooh. Hades and then. I mean, I Darby. think I if we do more Thor, a fifth film, film, I think we're going to explore that because it feels like these people are going to become important. Like, but I think it would be really cool to explore 
because it feels like we've done quite a few Norse gods. So yeah, let's let's get into some Greek gods. Mm. They could even like they could even cross over Thor with the Egyptian gods from Moon Knight. Oh yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a very similar thing that's happening in the game called God of War. Oh, and there's right, one yeah. moment in the game where Kratos and Atreus find this board, and this board has like four different aspects of mythologies. So you've got the Japanese mythology, the Aztec mythology, the Greek mythology, and then the Norse mythology. And it's so interesting. So they yeah. should do that. They should do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And final point before we we give our scores, I liked the post credit scene, the final post credit scene where uh, Jane goes to Valhalla. I think it was nice. They brought back Kandal. Kandal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just, it was just cool, man. Like, and it's an interesting opportunity in the future for Thor to be able to see the people that he loves. I think that Thor's final scene should be him dying, going to Valhalla, and finally being with the people that he loves, who he's lost. You know, yeah. bring back the Warriors Three, bring back Frigga, bring back Odin, bring back like hell. You even bring back this universe's Loki, because remember, in this timeline, Loki is still dead. Like you know, you can bring back Heimdall, bring back like Jane. That would be so good, I think. Yeah, but this Marvel, is Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> call me, call me. I'm just no Marvel, call me. I've got a better <laughs> no. idea. Than make it gay, make it Screaming gay. Call me, I'll make it gay empty. for you. Yeah. Okay, Love and Thunder. What are you gonna give it out of ten? Four. Four. Okay. I'm gonna give it a oh, six. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me think. Let me think. Okay. I really like the whole arc with Jane. Yeah. I'm basically it's Gore, Gore and Jane make it a six for me. And I think that's because I read the comics. If I hadn't read the comics, mm-hmm. I might not be as happy about it. But I'm going six. I liked it better than Ragnarok. I'll, I'll, I'll be generous. I'll give it a five out of ten. Okay. Hey, you know what? It's, I mean, let's be honest, all the MCU movies are basically the same these days anyway. Like, uh, yeah. they're all they're all five, sixes, or sevens. If we get an eight out of ten MCU movie, I'll eat my socks. Um, but, <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe if you want to see more. You can watch all of our Thor content and other MCU stuff. We did Moon Knight. We did uh, Doctor Strange. We've done all of it. Uh, and next week, we're doing Miss Marvel. So exciting stuff and email us with your questions uh tell us what you think about thor ask us questions about any of it or just anything in general if you email us asktimefilmpod at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at asktimefilmpod yes and thank you for listening we had an interesting discussion about make it gay <laughs> make it gay yeah uh that should be like the title of the film like so i'm th- no, uh, so i'm thunder make it gay there you go that, that, uh, that's gonna that's gonna be the, the name of the video thor love and thunder isn't gay enough that's it are you actually are you that's actually? a promise that is a promise oh my god i'll absolutely share that with everyone oh my god that's that's genius title thank you for listening be good be safe if you want to m- hear more marvel stuff listen back what tom said you know about looking back what tom uh, like and subscribe yes yes like and subscribe take what you give him Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.